winner, champion, maximizer. That is what you are. Happy Opportunity Day and welcome to episode number 35 of the Opportunity Day podcast. I am freaking ecstatic. Wherever you are right now, I want you to remember that today is the most important day of your life because it's the only day that you have. I am excited for today's podcast. I've got an awesome guest, George Phillips. What's going on? Hey, happy Opportunity Day, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited. George is um, a good friend of mine, and um, I, I was like, man, dude, I got to get you on this podcast because you are perfect for Opportunity Day. I mean, your mindset about what you do and, and, and just everything that you manage, and we're going to get into that, but I was like, I have to get you on the podcast. I appreciate that. Let's go. So, um, George, you, first off, let's start with um, what you do for a living, who you are, okay. and, and whatnot. Well, first of all, before I get into me, I want to talk about you for a second. Oh, my. And you, you got to buy his book, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this. You know, I bought it. I got my signed copy, so I feel pretty cool. And read it in one sitting and then got a hard copy and took probably four to five pages of notes. Wow. Just from the book and have already incorporated it into my daily life and also my professional life. There's just little things in there that you're going to pick up immediately. And what makes, in my opinion, your book separates from a lot of the other books out there is there's applicability to it. Hmm. it it's written in a way that makes sense and there's applicability. So there's your, there's well, thank your, you. There's your plug <laughs> for the day. <laughs> what was, um, if we're going to plug it, then what was something, just so I know, what's something that you got out of it like the most? What was Airplane the mode. Airplane mode. I'm telling you, it is it's awesome. You know, we live in a society, you know, when I went to college and grew up there, there I had a beeper. <laughs> yeah. And you go around campus today and ask someone if they know what a beeper is. Yeah. They don't. And then you just want to crawl in your little hole for, for a few <laughs> minutes and, and realize that father time is catching up with you. Um, you know, we all use our cell phones for everything. Mm-hmm. And then in a way it's very good. You know, you have more technology in the palm of your hand than NASA did when they launched the Apollo mission. It's crazy. And, when, and when you think about that, that's pretty mind-blowing. It's good. There's, you got your calculator, you got your internet, you do your email, do all those things. But the problem is you're glued and, yeah. and to a degree an addiction. Um, each of us have an addiction to it at different levels. Right. And one of the things in your book, it said, you know, get up in the morning and don't look at your phone for an hour. You know, now granted, if you have your, alarm clock set like I do you're going to hit the snooze button four times and have seven different alarms set and <laughs> things like that but it, I, I tried that and you know not that I'm a very big social media person I mean I have my accounts I post and read things and so on and so forth like everybody but you know, emails and stuff like that but it's like that first hour of the day you get up you shut your alarm off and, and you leave your phone mm-hmm. it, for me it's the nightstand and not gonna lie to you, the first couple of days it was just more weird yeah. than anything. But I got up, took the dogs out, made a cup of coffee, started the long process of waking the children up for school, and took a shower, and then grabbed my phone. And at first you have that anxiety of what am I missing? Right, right. What is happening right now that I'm missing? What happened between the hours of midnight? And 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in my little world of Willoughby, <laughs> Ohio. Nothing. But it's just a mindset. And then you get your phone and, oh, okay, there's today's news, you know, maybe breaking news in the overnight or something like that. 
But at the end of the day, you really didn't miss much. And that one hour just kind of gives you that calmness about you to start your day. Hmm. And you, this may sound, I don't want to use the word weird, but different. Sometimes when you're on your phone so much, you forget and forget to appreciate what's around you. Yeah. You forget to appreciate that you're blessed enough in your life that you have a Keurig in your kitchen to make mm. a coffee. You're blessed enough in your life that you can open a window in the morning in the spring and summer and hear birds chirping. You're blessed enough in your life that you have a home that's warm inside. Mm-hmm. And you can open a refrigerator and get some breakfast out where a lot of people don't have that privilege. Right. And kind of removing yourself from technology for that first hour of the day kind of puts you in a more grounded state hmm. of here's what's around me. This is what I'm thankful for. Now let's go conquer. Wow. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. That, that's the takeaway that you get because I never even thought about it like that, but that's so true. Right. And it reminds me of another chapter in the book, which is completely present, which is, you know, when you, when you're not on that phone, you know, all the time, you know, we need it, you know, we need it for, you know, email business, you know, things like that to communicate with our family. And, but like when we're with people and we're constantly on this thing, we're not present with those people, we're missing that time. And, you know, when I, I tell this story in the book and it is about a vacation, I went with my dad and went on a cruise and there's an option to buy the Wi-Fi package on the cruise. And um, I decided not to get it, put my phone on airplane mode for the week. And it was, it was one of the best five days of my life. And I had memories with my dad that I'll never, ever forget. Right. And we had such a much better time because we were just with each other versus, you know, looking at our phone, wondering what's going on on the other side of the world where it doesn't even matter. You know, it's like we got lost together for five days. It was right. amazing. And, you know, taking that a step further, you know, I lost my dad in 2011. Oh, wow. You got to do that with your dad. You just created a memory that when the unfortunate happens, you have that mm-hmm. all the time and no regrets. And take a page from the Masters tournament that just happened. You know, big, one of the biggest golf tournaments ever, one of the biggest comebacks in sports history ever. You cannot bring your phone into Augusta National. Wow. For the Masters tournament. I didn't know that. You're allowed a camera like a real camera, not a phone camera, I believe on Monday and Tuesday for the practice rounds. And I might be off a day on this, but if you go to watch the Masters that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you cannot bring a phone into Augusta National. Wow. And why then, is that? Do you know why? Is it, probably is it for security reasons? Tradition. Or? Okay. And probably to, you know, distracting the golfers. There's probably a plethora of reasons. Yeah. But I think one of them is to capture the moment in your head. Wow. You know, and then I never realized that until this past year. So then knowing that and then watching the final round of the Masters, you don't see a phone anywhere. When Tiger Woods was walking up the 18th green and f- sinking his putt to win it, any other golf tournament, all you see are phones up in the air. Hmm. There, people actually watched live, not watched it through a screen Right, And it was right in front of you. And that always baffles me, too. You go to a concert, and you're watching the concert through your cell phone. Through the phone. And it's literally three feet in front of you. Yeah. But that's just a society we live in. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. that, And that's a bucket list, is to get to go to the Masters one year. Even if it's for practice round one, I don't care. Just to go down to the Masters would be great. But yeah, can't bring your phone. They do allow Apple Watches. 
now because okay. of just people wear them all the time. Yeah. But there's certain parameters that you cannot, it cannot be on any kind of noise making mode. You cannot use it for email. You cannot use it for text message. Nothing. Wow. Just time. That's cool that they do it's, that. I never knew that. Yeah, it's really cool. That's and, awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to the Masters then. I know. Let's I'm go. Put that on. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, so let's get into, so what do, you, okay. what do you do? What do you do for a living? So I do a plethora of things, and I'm thankful enough to have opportunities to, to do a variety of things in life. Uh, my day job, I guess you would call it, is I am privileged to work at Notre Dame College. I'm the director of the Career Center, so we get we have an amazing staff, and we get our students ready and alumni for the real world. We get mm-hmm. them ready for reality, because each stage of your life is important. Each stage of your life <clears throat> is done for a reason, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to get out into the real world, and oftentimes it's nothing like you've experienced in high school or college. So our our job is to when our students walk through our door, and you you went through our department, you know, during your tenure here is get them ready for reality. Mm-hmm. What are things that are going to separate you from everybody else on the day you graduate? Right. You know, not st- that piece of paper, but what other than that piece of paper is going to separate you? Correct. You know, a million, we, we have our next graduation May 4th, 2019 and million other kids are going to do the same thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. And now they're all competing for that same job. So what's going to separate our students from our, I guess you want to call it competition, other colleges that are graduating seniors on the same day? What life skills can we teach them? What little soft skills? You know, mm-hmm. what, do, you, do you know etiquette when you sit at a table? Do you know what to do with your napkin when you're getting up from a table and you're not leaving for the evening but you're coming back? Do you write a handwritten thank you note? Um, each of our staff members here as well, or team members, they have a specialty. You know, April is so well-versed in the sciences and nursing and things like that. So she helps all of our students that are in those disciplines get ready for the real world. And the mm-hmm. results are just staggering. You know, Elizabeth is a former high school teacher mm-hmm. and a college professor. So she deals with a lot of our education majors. Me, being the business person, I deal with a lot of our business majors. So we each bring a different value to the to the department. And then occasionally I'll teach class, which is kind of fun. Um, so this past semester I taught public finance. Okay. Semesters prior taught marketing, business, different things like that. So that that's job one. Yeah. Job number two is I have a small business that my father and I started years ago. That kind of, just like any business, it, it, it grows and mm-hmm. takes different directions. So as of now, the way it, the business is structured, it's basically a, a boutique called consulting firm. Okay. We do sales training. We can do sales training for companies or individuals, marketing training, leadership training, political consulting. So all kinds of different facets, you know, to, to bring value to, to businesses. And then my fun job or, or my sanctuary job, as I, <laughs> as I like to refer to, is for the past Again, I'm dating myself. Two decades, I've had the privilege of stepping into boxing rings and MMA cages across the country and served as a ring announcer. I've done color commentary. Hmm. I've done blow by blow, but I still can't tell left from right, so I'm not too good at that part. (laughs) But 
it, that that's just my fun job. I, I just thoroughly enjoy doing it. it. It's it's peaceful in there. Yeah, and that that might sound weird being in a combat sports hmm. arena. What's pe- like? What makes it peaceful? Like for you, it's home. It's a, an extension of home. I just, I've been around those people all my life in different capacities. Like, for example, there's a group of us that have worked shows in Columbus okay. for the past probably 15 years. A couple different promoters, the inspectors, the judges, even some of the fighters, the announcers, so on and so forth. So it becomes a second family to you. Wow, yeah. And just like you with your speaking and writing that you do, that's your comfort zone. You're good at it. Yeah. To me, and I get in that ring, it's just, it's just, it's just a passion. Hmm. I tell her, I tell my students all the time, find your passion and pursue it. That's mine. Wow. It is doing it. And you know, it's, we've done everything from national television to national pay-per-views to small venue, that 30 people or 40 people are at. Yeah. And each one's different. Each one's fun. And what's interesting, though, is opportunities in other facets of life have presented themselves because of that sport. Hmm. So, for example, in Notre Dame, for example, there have been sponsors that I know because of they sponsor the fight. Yeah. Or they'll buy a table. Okay. And bring their staff to the to the fight as a night out or something. And over the years, you get to know these people. Right. And then one day, you're asked a question. So what do you do besides this? Yeah. All of a sudden, they need an intern. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, they want to make a contribution. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they might have an opportunity for maybe a fresh grad or an alumni to go work for them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so amazing how... You can do so many different things in life, but yet it's all intertwined somehow. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's all about how you treat people. Right. But the right. best job in the world is being a dad. Yeah. That's the best job. <laughs> how many kids do you have? I have two of my own, and I have a stepson. Okay. And they're they're fun. And how old? Uh, Isabella is 17. She's graduating this year from high school. Oh, wow. And she'll be attending the University of Dayton. Nice. And Dominic is in eighth grade. About to finish up, going into ninth grade, and Alex is a freshman, about to go into a sophomore year. Awesome! Wow, so you got your hands full, man. Yes, sir. In life, and um, that's one thing that I'm in so impressed with is like, first off, you're like the, one of the most energetic people I know. Like, it's like, <laughs> what are we drinking right now? Coffee. That's high. <laughs> well, I was telling, I was telling my, because uh, I'm up in Cleveland right now. Obviously, we're up in Cleveland. We're actually on the campus of Notre Dame, and. Um, I'm staying at my aunt's, which is right actually right down the street from where yep. you grew up, Bramblewood Lane. And um, and I was telling her that I was uh, in, um, interviewing you this morning, and, I, and she's like, "Well, what what does he do?" And I was like, "Well, I think he does like these three or four or five different things." Oh, and he's a dad. And she's like, "Wow, he must have energy." I said, "He probably he has more energy than anybody I've ever met." Well, thank you, I appreciate so that. So let me ask you, why? Like, what gives you that energy? Like, why do you have that passion for life and that energy? for life and, and what you do, but on a daily basis? A few reasons. One, mistakes in the past that set people back. You know, we all have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. We all have a story. You know, we're sitting at, at, at this little round table in my office with two chairs that I found in the basement. 
And we both we're both sitting here right now in the present, but we both got here differently. Mm-hmm. You have a story to tell. I have a story to tell. And sometimes when you make mistakes in your life, you realize, okay, now I got to reboot, regroup, and and go conquer. Another reason is your children. Mm-hmm. It might sound cliche. It might sound like a standard answer that people give and unfortunately oftentimes don't mean. But when you have people that rely on you, whether it's for financial support, emotional support, any type of support, it's your responsibility to take care of them. Yeah. Um, you know, my stepson plays football and soccer. My son runs track. Both go to public schools. Boys, it's still expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You need money to do that. Right. Um, and it's also a mindset of learning from people like you, learning from people that do what you do, you know, different messaging, but same genre. Life's short. You got to mm-hmm. appreciate things. You got to give back. Right. And, you know, working at Notre Dame has done that for me as well because this campus is just, it's fascinating to me. Um, I'm biased, of course, you know, Falcon for life, mm-hmm. but so many different types of people here. It's that's so true. Mm-hmm. Different backgrounds, different ways of getting here, different countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you played soccer here. Yeah. I mean, so how many countries, countries were represented? represented? Yeah. Right. But when we walk out of the office today and I go over to the administration building for a meeting, I'm going to pass seven, eight, 10, 12 students. Each of those students had a different path to get here. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's my responsibility to help them forge their own path in life. Yeah. Um, another reason, it's fun. I like being busy. Yeah. Um, Christmas break last year, I was about to go just do snow angels or something. I can imagine that. I can't, I can imagine if you're bored, because we're very similar in that yeah. sense. If I'm bored, that's when I start doing stupid stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what was funny is this, this Christmas break was just, it was, it was weird because from the, from my other life in the consulting business, pretty much everything was done mm-hmm. for the year. The, the political stuff was done. The election was held in November. So there's nothing going on between November and January. <laughs> right, right, right. The sales and marketing training, a lot of that stuff is done in the springtime. That's my busy season okay. for that stuff. Notre Dame was closed. Now, granted, I brought my computer home and there's work to do and stuff like that, but I'm just sitting there, don't know what to do. Yeah. And then you, there's only so many baseboards you can clean. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's only there's only so so many times you can walk a lap in your tiny little house you live in. Yeah. There's only so much you can do here. So but the funny part is is I'm sitting there and I feel bad. Like what I should be doing something. Oh, okay. And at the end of the day you need your your minute to decompress. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, what can I do today to make a difference? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help somebody? What can I do to yeah. do this? What can I do to this? You know, and then you hear in the background, okay, just shut up and watch TV. Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so that kept me grounded. Yeah. But, you know, you take opportunities to do stuff with the kids or, 
you know, roll around. I think, and and I think that's a big motivator, motivator yeah. as well. And you know, it's fun to see, to be able to say you played a small role in someone's happiness. Yeah, it is very rewarding. Yeah, I don't think there's anything more rewarding, is there? Not really. And I think when you said I'm backtrack a little bit, but those questions that you that you asked yourself, what can I do to make an impact? What can I do to help somebody today? What can I? Those are all like powerful questions to ask yourself. Exactly. Because I think like I always say this in every speech I give, and maybe almost on every podcast I do or any video, is I don't think life is about how much money you make, the cars that you drive, the house that you live in, the things you acquire. It's not even about the dreams and goals that you achieve. Life is about the person that you become in the process of the pursuit of those things. And in the end, when we chase our dreams and goals, when we go after things, right. we make an impact on people because not even it, it doesn't. It's not always about what we say to people, but it's about our example of what we're doing. Because people watch; they watch what we do more than they listen to what we say. Hundred percent. You know, people. I always tell people too: if you left the earth today, would you be remembered? Mm. Not right now, but five years from now, ten. Or would you be a? Oh yeah person yeah or would you be the person that makes an impact when my father passed away unfortunately from cancer he had a brief brief battle two three years after he passed away he was in law enforcement his whole life part of the time he trained cadets to become police officers Hmm. year two after he passed away got a letter my name is detective so-and-so i just retired from the cleveland police department i had your dad in 1978 in XYZ class. Never saw him again. Hmm. But I still remember the stuff he taught me, and it made me a better policeman and a better person. I just learned of his passing. Just wanted to write to you to say what an impact your father had on me. Wow. That's what it's all about. I just gave me the goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it did. I still I kept the letter, obviously. But... You know, and like you said, with life about money and cars and stuff like that, yes, it's nice to have those things, but you would be surprised how many people are house poor or how many people are car poor. Mm-hmm. They have the big house, but nothing else. They have the nice car, but nothing else. Right. And, you know, I always say, go to an average neighborhood, there's your millionaire's row. Mm-hmm. Because those people sometimes budget their money a certain way. But if that's mm-hmm. the lifestyle you choose, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But... Make sure that you're doing it for for good reasons. Yeah, um, you know, be able to take care of your children, be able to take care of your spouse, be able to do this, be able to do that, and you know, life's impacts are not monetary. And I always keep referring back to my father when he passed away. You know, being in law enforcement, there was a lot of police from, quite frankly, around the country mm-hmm. that came to his funeral, and standing there next to his coffin not one person in the entire you know the two to four and six to eight calling hours and the funeral the next day not one person asked me how much money he made right now one person asked me what kind of car did he drive not one person asked me what kind of house they live in what they asked me was tell me a story about your dad or i heard stories that made my dad more human mm-hmm. than than a parent yeah and what an impact he had on their life. Yeah. Or what he did for them here, what he did for them there. Right. At the end of the day, that's what's important. Right. 
And how do I do it all? I'm organized. <laughs> it's simple fact. Well, how do you? So how do you? Um, and I'm asking this for selfish reasons <laughs> because you know I'm very similar to you, where I 100% have ADD. Like oh, like I am like, and it's the greatest. The one thing that I have come to the conclusion it's one of the greatest gifts I've been given. The yep. ability to go fast and do things quickly and to go and to be decisive and have the courage to be decisive, that is a gift. So, but yep. the one thing that I lack in is like, I forget stuff all the time and I'm like, you know, I, I start something and then I get distracted over here. So how do you stay organized in that? Okay, so l- let me preface. When, when you're on a podcast and it's going to be heard by a lot of people, you're always going to put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you I never forget anything, I'm lying. Okay? Um, it's a work in progress, first of all. Um, start with strengths. Very organized, at least I think I am. You know, mm-hmm. In my world, I am. Other people might disagree, but for me, I'm organized. Meaning my calendar is my sanctuary, is my lifeblood. And where do you keep your calendar phone? I keep it on my phone. I have two separate calendars, um, which at first was a challenge, but I didn't want to disrespect my employer with personal stuff and vice versa. Yeah. So I have my Notre Dame calendar and then I have my George calendar. Okay. Um, sometimes they overlap. Other times they don't. That's a big thing. I mean, it's minute to minute as best as I possibly wow. can. Um, you know, you were coming in at nine o'clock. Kudos, you were here prior. But I had on my calendar nine to between ten and ten thirty, whatever. You know, talk to you, and then I have this, and then I have this, and then I have that. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, writing it down, whether it's electronically or on paper, makes it real. Mm-hmm. And even if you, I always tell people, even if it gets curveballed, that's okay. That's life. Right. But what's going to happen is you're going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. If my thing, I'm just kind of making this up as we talk, but say I said, okay, at 1 o'clock I'm going to work on my report for my superiors. And at 1 o'clock something happens that I can't do it. Well, then the next time I look at my calendar, I'm going to see 1 o'clock, and I'm going to go, uh-oh, I didn't do that yet. So then I can move that to 6. I can move that to 7. Okay. Um Another thing is I try, operative word, to keep a little index card in my pocket or in my sport coat at all times. And I learned that from... And what's on that index card? Just random stuff that if I'm walking from A to B and I think of something. Okay. That you need to do? Correct. You write it down. Write it down and then I'll I'll throw it in my calendar. Okay. Um, I was in the shower this morning and... You know, weird things. You think of weird things when you're in a shower. Okay? <laughs> We're not going down that rabbit hole. But, <laughs> but like, I was thinking to myself, does Dominic have another one of those PSR retreats this year? Or did he only have one? And I couldn't remember. And so I got a shower. Now, granted, I didn't have an index card mm-hmm. in the bathroom. But my phone was in there because I was listening to the news in the morning. And so I, I sent myself an email. Okay. I sent it from my Notre Dame email to my Notre Dame email. And it said, check Dominic's PSR. So when we're done here, that's one of the things I'm going to do. Okay. I'm always writing it down because you t- you'll you forget. Yeah. You know, guys like us, when we're going Mach 4 with our hair on fire, 
from the minute we get up to the minute we go to miss bed. Stuff all the time. If we don't write it down right now, I'm gonna forget it in five minutes. Yeah. Because our minds are going in eight different directions. I've actually gone downstairs in my house to, okay, I'm gonna hang up my suit coat, go get a Powerade from the fridge. I come upstairs. And I forgot to get my Powerade. But you did something else. Right. But and, you did the laundry or something. Right. And that was five <laughs> minutes ago. Do the same thing, man. So write it down, write it down, write it down. Um, I guess a, a thing I need to work on is when I'm organized, I'm calm. Mm-hmm. And I can be meticulous and I can get it done and bam, 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 bam. But that's not life. And that's not reality. Mm-hmm. And... I tend, I'll maybe get flustered a little bit when I'm doing something or I have a plan to do something and then something else happens that curveballs it. Yeah. And it takes me sometimes a minute to, okay, refocus. Yeah. And one of the things I'm working on because of the type of personality that we have is when a curveball hits, I need to just be by myself for about two minutes because mm-hmm. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to say something stupid or, or things like that. Oh, yeah. Kind of take the deep breath. Okay, you know, move forward. Yeah. Um, but that's the two big things. It's just, it's just being organized, you know. I have to – I have my tasks to do today. My son's got track. We're going to go to my mom's in the evening for a few minutes to help her move some furniture around. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. But, and this is going against the grain of everything we do and everything we talk about. Sometimes you need to shut it off. Sometimes you just need a day. Mm -hmm. And even if it puts you behind, you need a day. Mm -hmm. Because eventually going Mach 4 with your hair on fire, you're going to run out of gas. And you got to land the plane and you got to refuel. Yeah. Or else you're gonna just you're gonna become less productive. Yeah. Um, I've discovered again. I'm dating myself. <laughs> I thought you were uh, 32. Exactly. <laughs> books on tape. Mm. I love to read. My mom's a librarian. I grew up around books. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have TV. Mm-hmm. But that's not life. That's not reality right now. But I love to read, and it's so frustrating because. Maybe I'll finish the day at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, and I'll sit down and I'll grab one of my 12 books that I got going on at the same time. I'm asleep in one page. Yeah. And it's annoying because that, that's just fun. It gets you get out of a different world and read something. So discovered books on tape. I haven't listened to the news on the radio in six weeks. Wow. And I love every second of it. So you're just listening to a book. Yeah. I just finished a book about the vice presidents, which was fascinating to me because that's the the forgotten job. Yeah. I now listening to a book about John F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my genre. That's my thing. And I love it. Wow. And now I look forward to getting all my tasks done. So now I can get in the car and listen to my book on tape for 40 minutes when I go to get Dominic from track tonight. Right. That's I found my woosah moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what I always encourage people to do. But the big thing is, and I'm probably rambling too much, big thing is find your passion. Mm-hmm. You know, it, people are so money-oriented today. 
that I can't do this because I don't get paid. I can't do this. And you need money to make the world go around. Anybody tells you, you know, you can live this happy fantasy life and mm-hmm. get everything for free is it's not reality. Mm-hmm. But in the same respect, you know, you only go around one time. You got one shot. You got one right. life. Get, get you know, one chance. You can't can't do anything about yesterday and you're not promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so what's your passion? And I always tell people, how do you find it? Think to yourself, if money wasn't an object to me, if someone handed me a suitcase of money and said, here's enough money to sustain any lifestyle you want for the rest of your life and the rest of your children's life, here you go, you're done. But the catch is you have to work for the next 25 years. Whether it's for yourself, whether it's for somebody else, I don't care, but you have to get up in the morning and do something. What would it be? Mm. And when whatever's starting to fire into your head, that's your passion. Mm-hmm. Now go do it. Now don't it be. It scares people though, man. It does. Now yeah. don't be unrealistic and say, hey, I got this great job and got a couple kids and I got a husband, I got a wife, whatever. I'm going to quit. Yeah. Because. George told me to go find my passion. <laughs> yeah, no, George didn't tell you that. But maybe it's part time for a while. Yeah. You know, my <laughs> passion is announcing boxing. And that'll be something I do till every promoter in the country doesn't either want me anymore or I leave the earth. One mm-hmm. of the two. But that's my passion. I love doing it, I do it for free. Mm-hmm. That's my passion. And. I found it, and I'm blessed for it. Yeah. So I challenge people that are listening or going through life, well, find yours and go pursue it. Yeah. And if it's if it means all it is is a side gig for the rest of your life, that's okay. Because you're doing your passion. You're having moments in time that are you're doing what you're put on the earth to do. Yeah. You know, and then another way to get through stuff with just the, the craziness, I guess, and being organized is – Find an hour, even if it's an hour a week, and volunteer somewhere. Mm. And it doesn't, you don't have to do this whole big extravagant thing and, you know, go to all these places and do all this. Because sometimes, you know, the best volunteering is taking care of your kids, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But do something for somebody else at least for an hour a week. Mm. Whether it's, you know, if you live in a neighborhood and there's an, individual with a disability or there's a individual um that's up in years in age maybe take their garbage out for them Mm. get their mail Um, when it snows you know get your shovel out and clear a couple driveways for your neighbors so they don't have to yeah it's amazing how that one hour a week can make everything else seem not as bad yeah you know you could have a heck of a day at work and for us, for example, here, you know, last two weeks of the semester, everybody's scrambling. Got graduation yeah. coming up. Take that hour and go volunteer somewhere, and it just calms you down. Hmm. And it also grounds you. It makes you appreciate what you got. Right. You may not have as much as somebody else, but you certainly have more than a lot. Yeah. And then, in my opinion, when you're blessed enough to be that way, then it's your responsibility to give back. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, um... I need to do more of that. And I thought about that for a while. Like I, I need to, cause I used to volunteer. I've done a bunch of volunteering over time and, 
and whatnot. But recently, I've been so busy with everything that I'm doing right. that, like, I haven't been. A- I haven't. It's not that I haven't been able to. I just haven't prioritized it. So um, I think that's awesome. And I think the passion thing is like, you know, I think so many people. It's like. You know, and I always, whenever I tell people I quit my job, I always, I always sometimes hesitate because I'm like, I'm not telling you to do that. When I say mm-hmm. I dropped out of college, I'm like, I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> I flunked you, out, bro. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to do is you have to listen, right? You got to listen to, I call it the directive spirit or your gut. Um, but like you said, when you ask yourself that question, you know, what would you do if someone said, all oh, this is taken care of, but you had to work for 25 years? What would you do? What are those first things that come into your mind? That's typically what you're supposed to do. Right. It's your passion. Right. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with starting at ground zero and building right. and doing it part time. There, In fact, that's probably what most people should right. do. You know, like for me, I was 25 years old and I don't have kids and I have very little bills and expenses and so it's easy for me, but sure. for a lot of people, it's not. So do something part time until you can do it full time. Enjoy yourself, yeah. And another thing too is everybody—I mean, everybody as a whole—but people think that there there's a timeline for everything. Mm-hmm. No, there's not. Write your own. You know, I graduated high school, I went to college, and think I got a point four. Wow. How do you even do that? Right, right. That means you like you didn't <laughs> do nothing. Do, literally. Do anything. Yeah. Um I got kicked out of school. Took some summer classes at Lakeland and got back in. Mm-hmm. And then I went from a point four, got a one point two. <laughs> got kicked out again. I mean, I, I was five years out of high school and I, I think I was a sophomore academically. Wow. And because I live life, what what I always say to people, I live life right in front of me. Yes, you live in the present. I get it. You know, you're not promised tomorrow and yesterday's gone. But also in the same respect, you got to think about, okay, is what I'm doing right now going to help me or hurt me in the future? Absolutely. You know, because living in the moment can be good and can be bad. I actually don't think you should live in the moment. Yeah. I think you should be present, but you shouldn't live for the moment. Right. Because if you're living for the moment, oh. you're not making decisions that are going to get you what you exactly. want in the future. You do need to be present because that's where life is experienced. But you don't want to live for the moment. Exactly. If you're living for the moment, maybe like when you're at the Masters, you're living for the moment. But I'm talking about like you're just, man, live like that notion of live for the moment. Let's just get plastered and do stupid stuff and live for the moment. I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> Agreed. And that's what I did, though. Yeah. I lived for the moment. I was on my own for the first time. I was in the dorms at one point. I was in an apartment at another point. And my mindset was, and again, this is obviously before the advent of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all these platforms and you could actually like get a D and take a black pen and make it a B. Okay. But I was living for the moment because, oh, the semester's, that's nine weeks away. Yeah. I'll deal with that later. Or sometimes you trick yourself and say, oh, that'll never come. Yeah. I'm just going to live for the moment. I'm tired. I'm not going to go to class today. 
And then literally next thing you realize you're getting up at three o'clock in the afternoon. You haven't done nothing all day. Crazy. And then you go out with your buddies at yeah. night. And yeah. you live and you're going to a college an hour away from home. So no one's checking up on you and there's no text messaging and things like that. So whatever. Yeah. And I paid I paid for it dearly. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get my undergraduate degree till I was 30 years old. Wow. And I did it married with children hmm. at night when they were in bed. I went to did homework, got my first master's at 34 and got my second master's at 36. Not because I'm smart by any stretch, but I think the second one was just more of a proof to myself. I can do it. Mm-hmm. First one I got because I knew I needed it because down the road it's, it's a competition thing. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be applying for stuff or doing stuff in life that you're going to be competing against people with graduate degrees. I think the second one was just, can I, can I pull this off? Yeah. Can I go above? Because I was so below the grain for so many years, now can I get above it? Yeah. And it got me into debt more, but hey. Mm-hmm. But I tell people that, and, and that's one of the biggest things I stress to anyone who will listen. Don't live for the moment. Be careful what you put on social media. Because it's going to come back and haunt you or help you. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Because it's not saying don't live your life to the fullest. It's not saying don't be present like you say. But think. It's what I'm doing now. And then, you know, segue into goal setting. You know, a lot of people take their, set their goals and move forward. And then they keep running into brick walls. Mm -hmm. What I learned was set your goal and work backwards. So... You get a student, say, for example, that's 21, 22 years old. They're about to graduate. You know, they're excited to graduate. They've earned the right to do it. No one's ever going to take that away from them. Where do you see yourself 30 years from now? Picture that in your head. Don't answer it out loud. That's an internal conversation. Where do you see yourself? What's your passion? Where are you living? What are you doing for for work? What are you doing for this? What are you doing for that? So whatever whatever image is being portrayed in your head, okay, there's your goal. Now start working backwards towards it, meaning Mm -hmm. is what I'm doing today going to help me get to that point? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, keep doing it. If the answer is no, stop doing it. If you have to think about it, you probably shouldn't do it. Right, yeah. Now, does that mean you can't be dumb, for lack of a better word? Yeah, just don't put it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't put it on social media because employers will find it. Right. Um, You know, my other life in, in the political arena you know, people will find those things. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. If you did it, own it. Don't sidestep it if it gets brought up. Hey, yeah, I did it. Someone asked me, hey, heard you did bad in college. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But here's the lessons I learned. Right. And that's why I love what I do here because not only do I enjoy the people I work with, not only do I enjoy the environment that this place affords, mm-hmm. but I love being able to tell my story to other people to help avoid that happening to someone else right i love what you said like are you doing is what you're doing today getting you there Uh because that's what opportunity is all about it's about you know i think one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself every day is what can i do today to move my life forward right and forward meaning towards what you're trying to accomplish exactly so what can i do today that question, I think, is one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself because if you can work backwards to, okay, what can I do today to see this happen in my future? You know, I always say spend 0% of your time, attention, focus on the past. 
1% on the future because you do need to have dreams and goals and things sure. that you're looking to accomplish. The 99% on today yeah. and what can you do today to move your life forward? Right. I think it's one of the powerful questions you can ask yourself. And it doesn't even have to be like that whole mindset doesn't always have to be for this extravagant long-term you know, house on a hill kind of mindset. It can be for something that you know you're going to have to do two, three months from now. Mm-hmm. And, and break it down as, as, as even as simplistic as yard work. Yeah. You know, you live, I live in a neighborhood that was built in the 50s. So, you know, small, nice cookie cutter lawns, a lot of old trees. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of junk that, you know, falls. Right. And you know, the first time you're about to cut the grass, it's a mess. So February rolls around and it's, 45 degrees outside you can say to yourself hmm i can go outside for an hour and rake i don't want to do it but is what i'm doing today going to help me get to the goal in may which is starting to make the yard look nice well guess what we cut the grass for the first time last weekend it was easy as pie mm-hmm. because we took steps necessary early right took opportunities even if it was 10 15 minute increments Right. To get little things done. So now the big project isn't as overwhelming. Right. You know, there's certain tasks that, that I'm responsible for here because of my role here. I have one that's due in November. Mm-hmm. Three quarters of the way done with it already. One, I screwed up when I thought the due date was. I thought it was due at the end of May. So, okay, great. Yeah. But now it's okay. I have these four or five more things to accomplish with it. So... I'm going to carve out mm-hmm. an hour here, an hour here, an hour here. And then by the time mid-October rolls around, it's time for me to put the report together. Not a problem. I think it's so valuable, man. I think that that's so valuable because one thing I learned when I came back and finished my degree was, and I think I put this in the book, I, I'm not quite sure, but um, was I actually definitely 100% did, is I was still in my career. I was still doing career stuff. And I was playing college soccer, and I was in school. So I had all these different things, and I had a, a lot to do. And I was like, look, I can't do schoolwork four or five hours a day. It doesn't fit in. I have 24 hours. I said, okay, but can I do an hour a day? Mm-hmm. Like, if I can do an hour a day, and that's all I do, an hour a day. And what happened was is at the end of every semester, everybody's freaking out. Oh, my gosh, I have these 10 projects, these 10 papers, right. I have all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, let's go out for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got anything to do. Right. I'm like, I'm done. And I learned that, like, yeah. man, if you just, what you can do in like an hour or 15 minutes, right. if you just focus, right. is amazing. You know, like, if you can just sit down and focus for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and all right. you do is one thing, you can get so much done. Oh, yeah. And, and learn from other people, too. Like, for example, we, I work with April. Mm-hmm. You know, you... Nickel for every time you were in her office, you, you wouldn't be recording podcasts right now. <laughs> or you'd be doing them by choice. Right. But learn from her. You know, I've learned mm-hmm. so much from her just on how she deals with students and her compassion. Yeah. And how she does a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and then everything gets put together properly. Right. You know, she has enormous projects that she works on. And just it seems like it's just flawless. I'm like, how do you do it? A little mm-hmm. bit here, a little bit here. Same with Elizabeth when she does with the education majors. Just 
little bit here, a little bit here. Last summer, she worked on all her manuals. Mm-hmm. It would take me six months to do one because I would just throw it all on at once. Yeah. But, but learn from other people. Watch other people. One of the things that I'm going to do this summer is I'm going to do, I call it my listening tour. So in the summertime, it's quiet here. And one of my responsibilities is to work with local businesses or national businesses to bring them into campus and have them consider our students for internships and jobs. So you get to mm-hmm. go out in the field and cultivate those relationships. Yeah. But there's also things that we as a team want to improve on here. Technology, equipment, you know, whatever. So we're going to go out and do a listening tour. I'm going to go to Hiram College. Spend a half an hour with them, an hour. What do you guys do? Mm-hmm. What's your best practices? What are some things that you would change? What are some things you would not change? What technology do you use? What program do you use for this? And you take all those things and you make it your own. Yeah. And then you bring it back here. And I mm-hmm. tell people that in life. If if you work in sales and they give you a script to make cold calls with, if that script doesn't have red pen all over it in a week, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Make it your own. You got to learn. Have to. You, you got to change. You got to adapt. You know, and um, I agree with that. There's a, some – what is it? I don't forget who said it, but you can learn something from everybody. Yeah. Everybody has some – you're – oh, this is what it is. You're inferior – in some form to every person. Yes. So what is that thing that you're fearing that you can learn? And you do that by asking questions. I've learned more from students. And when you say that on the surface, people who don't understand the collegiate world, Mm -hmm. they look at you. Yeah. I've learned more from students than I have from adults. Mm -hmm. I've learned how some students have, and not just here, just anywhere. Yeah. All these things you overcame, yet you're walking across that stage. Yeah. Met a, met a gentleman yesterday, Zach Cook, born without legs. It's crazy. He wrestles for Kent State. <laughs> Teach me. Amazing. Yeah. How'd you overcome your adversity? When everyone told you no, why, how did you get enough in your heart and your soul to say, we'll see about that? Yeah. And he wrestled at Maslin, which is not a place you just go and okay. join a team. That's a powerhouse. Wow. And now he's at a Kent State branch wrestling wow. collegiately. That's amazing. And then I complain. I have to go cut the grass. Right. You know, you learn things. Yeah. You learn things from everyone. How'd you get here? How'd you get here? How'd you get here? What got you here? What What inspires you? What's your passion? You learn. Yeah. And But I think the big thing is respect it, too. Yeah. You know, you may disagree with people, but respect their belief. Yeah. Respect how they got here. As long as it's within the confines of, you know, morality and the law. Hey, we all got here different, so let's learn from each other. Right. Right. I may not agree with what you do or what you believe, but in the same respect, I can learn something from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last, uh, we're going to wrap this up here. Last two questions. You mentioned. Obviously, that doing the announcing is your passion. Yeah. Um, tell me, hey, how did you get into that? And then what's something that um, cool that's happened within your announcing career? Like, can you tell me a story oh. that's cool? We got to do another. Just, <laughs> we got to do part Somebody two. Somebody you met or maybe something that you really learned in, in 
being in that environment. So a couple of things. And again, we, we should do a part two down the road of just that. Okay. Stories of stories from the cage in the ring. That's a good book idea. Yes. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um, what was the first question again? <laughs> how did you get into it? Like, how did you find that? So the there's a, a local promoter. Well, at first I was a boxing judge. Okay. So I was, you know, when you when you're sitting at the at the fight and the three judges and you score the fight. A friend of mine was a it was and still is a promoter, and he was doing a tough man competition at a little local watering hole that now no longer exists and didn't have an announcer for the night. And he called me wow. and he's like, can you do this? And I'm like, huh? I'm like, I know the sport. I've done a lot of things in the sport, but not that. Said, Just come in and talk like a DJ. All right. Went there, made, I think, 50 bucks or something. Funnest thing I ever did. It was so fun. So then I started just doing his stuff. Yeah. And then maybe three a year, four a year, just something fun to do. And then MMA started kind of getting some traction. Mm. So then a friend of mine um, that I used to judge with, he started an MMA promotion. Then this guy started one. Then this guy started one. And then now it snowballs. And then... I got lucky about a decade ago and got to start doing stuff for Roy Jones Jr., former heavyweight champion of the world. Okay. Um, I get to do the Arnold Sports Festival wow. every year down in Columbus. I mean, so a lot of a lot of good things have come of it. I think one of the things that um, kept me in it was just I came and did my job and went home. Yeah. That's it. Story-wise, one of the things I've learned from it um everybody's human and let me let me walk on that for a second you see some of these boxers or in today's world MMA guys that on the screen are larger than life mm-hmm. but being blessed with the opportunity to work in a sport that I just love for a good majority of my life they're just another they're just another man. They're yeah. just another woman. And it's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, Buster Douglas, who knocked out Mike Tyson in nineteen ninety one, that depending on who you talk to is arguably the the biggest sports upset in history. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is. It's Buster. Yeah. You know? And but when you take that layer out their 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 image on TV you can learn so much from these guys yeah um at the Arnold this year I got to spend time with uh, an MMA fighter named Clay Guida mm, yeah I, know I watched is. I've watched 10 of his fights he's wild man I'm a fan yeah and then he's still like oh my god and I started getting stupid <laughs> and have been in the sport my whole life and walked up to him introduced myself and Next thing you know, we're sitting cage side and just talking, and it's like you forget for you forget he wears the UFC championship. Yeah, you know Cody Garbrandt went to Notre Dame. Yeah, and UFC champion. But you learn the human side of people. Yeah, and it's so inspiring because you learn their backgrounds and their stories and how they got to the top, how they got a title shot or won a title. Or maybe never got a title fight, but you know competed at a high level in the sport yeah. for a decade, 
And if you understand that and you notice that, then you can start having meaningful conversations with these people. Yeah. And you learn stuff. Yeah. One thing, one last thing I learned. A friend of mine years ago um, was asked to be a sparring partner for Vladimir Klitschko. Wow. Right. So they went to Russia. I mean, and this was Rocky Four for real. I mean, they were in the mountains. It was snowing there in a cabin. <laughs> I mean, it was Rocky in real life. Yeah. And one night, Klitschko went up to him and said, hey, do you want to play chess? And he's like, I don't know how to play. He's like, I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're sitting at this table, human side. Yeah. But here's the heavyweight champion of the world who's, you know, got 8,000 things going on besides boxing and companies, endorsement deals, sponsorships, appearances he has to make, you know, demands on his time. He's also defending his title, teaching this guy how to play chess. And finally he looks at him and he goes, I have to ask you a question. He goes, your universe right now is chess. How do you do this? All these things you've got going on, you've got to defend your title in front of 100,000 people in the O2 arena uh-huh. in London coming up. You got this coming up. You got this, you got this, you got this. But yet you're sitting here teaching me how to play chess. He goes, well, right now, you're. this is what I'm doing. I have all these things going on, but because my management team is organized, I can focus on the task at hand and not be distracted. Hmm. And I, when I heard that story, that is something that, in all the years in boxing, and MMA is probably the biggest thing, is my biggest takeaway. Wow. Yes, it's fun being on TV, and I did a fight a couple months ago that was broadcast in New Zealand. That was kind of cool. Yeah. But that's my biggest takeaway, is I learned a life lesson that right now you and I are having a conversation. My phone's gone off like nine times because I didn't put it in airplane mode. (laughs) Okay? I got all this other stuff to do today and into the evening. But right now, Mm -hmm. this is my focus, is having this conversation with you. And when you start thinking like that, then each task that you're doing at that time, because you're in the present, you get Mm -hmm. it done successfully. You get it done the first time. And there's no rework. So it might take you a little bit longer to finish everything you have to do for the day. But in the same respect, if you take that mindset of playing chess in Russia, then guess what? You're focused on task at hand. Right. Get it done. Check it off the list. Go to the next thing. Get it done. Check it off the list. Go to the next thing. Yeah. Versus going five different directions at the same time, then nothing gets done. If that guy can sit there and and just be playing chess – Right, this guy that's got all these things going on. He's the heavyweight champ in the world. He's right. got all this stuff. If he can sit down and play chess, then you and I, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I got a hacky sack in my we, hand. <laughs> we can we can focus. Right. We can we can be present. Exactly. I, so I was actually going to ask you know the question, but you just answered that question in that story. So we're going to end on that because okay. I think that was a freaking awesome story, and um, cool. it's amazing. And just being present is. Uh-huh. You know, and what we're doing, and I say this all the time, but I say be present wherever you are with whoever you are with mm-hmm. for however long you are with them. Right. Because the truth is, is that life is experienced in the present moment. Right. And if we're thinking about the past, we're missing life because it's experienced in the present right. moment. And if we're thinking too much about the future, 
we're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment. If we're constantly thinking about this, that, or the other, as opposed to what's right in front of us, what, what can we do right now? What, what, what's this conversation I'm having with somebody? Because it is the truth. We don't, get this, we don't get this time back. This hour we spent on this podcast, we don't get it back. Right. You know, we, we don't, we can make more money one day. You know, if I make a mistake and lose a friend, I'm going to feel bad, but I can get another friend. Right. You know what I mean? Or I can salvage that relationship somehow. Right. Potentially. If I lose my job, I can get another job. Correct. You know what I mean? But I can't get time back. And that's what I took from that story is like, it doesn't matter. And also the other thing I took from that as well that I think is really, really important is, um, when we see people on TV, so let's just take those MMA guys like Cody Garbrandt. And, and if you're listening, you know, you obviously are listening if you're hearing this, but um, if you know Cody Garbrandt, <laughs> if you're listening, of course you are. We're listening. <laughs> um, you don't know Cody Garbrandt. Um, you know, he's a um, UFC champion. Um, he's famous. And, you know, you, if you're an MMA fan, you know, you might look on the screen and go, Man, he's larger than life. He's he's uh, he's beyond what I could accomplish. And um, when you actually meet those people, you you come to understand that they're just like you and I. Right. They're just like you and I. You know, the only difference is that they actually chased after it. They actually went for it, yeah. and they didn't quit. Exactly. And when somebody said no, they kept going. And that's the only difference it, it, between you know somebody. You know that might look at them and say that they're larger than life versus them, right? And respectfully talk to them. Don't you know? There's a difference between bothering and respecting. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the, these fighters that I've had the privilege of being around my whole life, you know, when you treat when you treat everyone the same, it's amazing what you get out of them mm-hmm. and the stories you learn and things like that. Yeah, you know. You treat the UFC champion the same as the guy who's never fought before, because both have a story to tell. Right. You know, in in corporate America, whether it's here, whether it's at a company, whatever, you treat every single person you work with the same, regardless of their job title. Yeah. Regardless of what they do, because what they do is important, or else the company wouldn't have thought about hiring them and paying them to do it. Mm-hmm. So you respect everybody for what they do, the job that they do. Forget money, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter what you do in an organization because you're as important as the next person. Because if you're if you don't do your job, that person can't do theirs, right. and then you have a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And when you think like that and you treat people like that, it's amazing the stories you find out. Yeah, you know, even if if anybody ever gets an Uber or a Lyft, have a conversation with your driver. Right, amazing what you find out. Yeah, who they are, where they came from. I had one driver during the Arnold that knew Sonny, the wrestling coach. Wow. They used to wrestle. I know. It was weird. And then I called Sonny, and that was a whole just not appropriate for this podcast. It was great, though. It was fun. But then an, another guy, it was going to medical school. Another guy just moved here. Another guy did this. Another girl did this. Another guy did this. You go into, go into a restaurant, and you have conversations with people. Have conversations with people right. verbally. Yeah. Not just over text. You know, granted, sometimes the guys like us, sometimes we just boom, boom, boom and text each other. It's great. It's how we operate. But have conversations with people. Learn from people. Find out their story. Everybody's got a story to tell. Find it out. And then help write your own story. 
Yeah. Based upon what you learn from other people. Right. You're gold. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this, this is, is fun. This is fun, isn't it? We're going to do part two, three, <laughs> four. <laughs> this is good times. Um, well, thank you for coming on, man. Oh, and, it was an honor. I was looking know, forward to this all week. And I, uh, you know, I learned something uh, from this. And I selfishly do this podcast when I interview people so that I can learn. because, And I only interview people that I know that I would learn from and that would provide a lot of value to the listener. And so um, where can people find you, follow you, if you um, want them to? See, you, you, you caught me there. Um, what is my Twitter? At George M. Phillips is my Twitter. <laughs> Let's start there. Okay. <laughs> cool. At George M. Phillips is, is the Twitter account. And before we close, I have to say one more thing. And I speak for lots of people around here how proud we are of you, of your story, and coming back to school and finishing your degree and 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 taking the 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 chance or the opportunity to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, when when people said you can't do this, yeah, we'll see about that. And in such, you've come. I mean, the growth on a professional level that you've had has been huge in a year. Mm-hmm. You got a book. You got microphones with little covers on them now. And, <laughs> you know, you're all big boy. I mean, it's great. But yeah. people are so proud of you, and pe- so many people are watching, and so many people are inspired. You may not hear it every day, but know that you're you're definitely making a difference in people's lives. Wow. I mean, you've you've made a difference in mine. So for that, yeah. I'm grateful. I appreciate that. You got thank it. you so much. Well, thank you for tuning in to episode number 35 of the Opportunity Day podcast. Remember that yesterday is gone. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Today is all you have. Spend 0% of your time, attention, focus on the past, 1% on the future because you do need to have a dream and goal, but then spend 99% of your time, attention, focus on today because life is experienced in the present moment. Happy Opportunity Day. Love you and... Thank you for tuning in. If you are a new time viewer to this podcast, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That way you get these podcasts uploaded right away and you don't miss one. Hit the like button, hit the comment button, and if you could write me a review, I would love it. Thank you so much and love you.